Let's begin by all joining in praying together. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, for you are our rock, you are our redeemer. Amen. So at the beginning of the week before this, I got to go to my first pastor's conference in the area. And it was pretty cool, because at this pastor's conference, I got to reconnect with friends that I had made a long time ago and knew, but I also got to meet some new people and some new friends. And since I was the newest pastor of this group that's of about 20 people, there was this one conversation that kept happening for me kind of throughout the whole thing. Anytime I met somebody who was new, it centered around this one question. So, does it feel like home yet? This repeated question and this repeated conversation gave me a pretty cool opportunity just to evaluate and to think through where we're at with all of this. I mean, we've only been around for about six months. And I can honestly say a lot still feels new here. There are neighbors who we really haven't met yet. We get by with the friendly little neighbor wave and hi and hi and we don't really know their names. We don't really know much about their lives at all. I feel like it's been just about once at least every week that somebody who's lived here says, you don't know about this restaurant, about this park, about this really fun activity for your kids? You've been here six months and you haven't done that thing yet? Yeah, no, not quite yet. And uh, I haven't been called a Yankee but I have been told that my accent absolutely gives me away, that I'm not from around these parts, that I'm a stranger living in a strange place. I can honestly say that if we bought one of these and put it up in our house, one of these decorations, you can hit it, Diggs. If we bought one of these, put it up on our house, a huge thing up on the wall, I can say that I think I'd feel a little bit fake doing this right now because there are people who have lived here for decades, for maybe their whole life, and we are people who are just six months new here. So does it feel like home yet? But then there's this other side that I really love. Because when people are asking questions about us and our lives in Jacksonville and they start asking about Florida and how awesome it must be to live in Florida and how cool of a city Jacksonville, Florida is, I get to correct them. No, 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 no. I live in Jacksonville, North Carolina. And in my opinion, it's better. Our beach, our coast, oh, it's way better than over there. So yeah. We're still outsiders, I think. We're new. But this is home. And we're going to do whatever it takes to start making it feel that way, too. Where we pick up this story of God's Old Testament people, Israel, they, too, had become outsiders, strangers in a far foreign place to them. But for them, it wasn't by choice. They were forced into it. 
this massive and powerful kingdom of Babylon that existed at that time had just had enough of this small, tiny nation of Judah. Too many revolts, too many problems going on. So the ruler over Babylon sent his army to Jerusalem to wipe out the entire city, just wipe that kingdom and that nation off of the face of the earth. And anybody that was left after that awful thing happened, anybody worthwhile was going to get deported and brought back to Babylon where they were going to have to live. With their home gone, these people became exiles with absolutely nothing to return to, no place to even go back to. Now God's people were the minority. Hebrew was not the language of Babylon. Old Testament festivals and customs, like the Sabbath day that they would practice every week, meant nothing to the people around them. People in Babylon did not worship the Lord, their God. And if you tried to say that the Lord was the only God, the true God, well, you were going to have problems because the nation of Babylon was full of people from all over, all sorts of places, all sorts of religions coming together in one place. God's people were outsiders. And I bet they felt it every single day. Other people around them were not like them. Their food was now the different food. Their language would change to just one of the languages that they would be speaking, their laws didn't really mean much, much because they weren't in charge of the laws. They were forced to rethink morality, what was right or wrong in the place that they lived. I mean, they couldn't help but just see all of the divisions between them and all these other people that were living around them. Have you heard people talk about how Christians are maybe living in Babylon today? It's a more common comparison that we're starting to hear people make between people who lived about 500 B.C., God's Old Testament people, and life for Christians in America today. It's the reason we're starting this series engaged with this little section from Jeremiah because many people think that it's time for Christians here today to start seeing their lives like these other believers did in Babylon. Because if you think you're living in a country that is full of Christians all around you, you better open your eyes. You better start talking to people. That's not the country that you're living in. What do you think about this? Valid comparison or not? Yeah, I know some things are going to lag here, right? There's no Christian American language that we're changing. No, there's no Christian American food. But a lot of this hits. America is full of all sorts of religious beliefs. That's one of the reasons why America is, because we want freedom of religion, all sorts of people from all sorts of places, all sorts of backgrounds come here and live here and live together here. Think about morality here. How right or wrong seems to change almost weekly 
and maybe it's even by public opinion that determines what is right or wrong here. Think about how people try to justify themselves and their actions, and that seems to change a lot. And if you want to dig deeper into how people in America love to do that, stick around for Bible study this morning. We're going to have great conversation starters to think through how you can interact in that way too. It's kind of like Babylon. And do you want to know about our local area, our community here? Here's a couple stats. People who have no religion, no religious affiliation at all, nothing, they don't practice a single thing, no religious part of life, about 35% of our community who live around us, that's here. Do you want to know how much uh, people don't do what you're doing right now if you're here or you're joining us online? People that don't participate in any sort of group, 73% of people around us aren't doing this right now. Almost three-quarters of people don't have some active thing that they're participating in weekly or monthly or really even at all. And do you know what those numbers are projected to do in the next few decades? Those numbers are going to get even higher and higher. For Christians who live here today and probably for the rest of our lives, it's really kind of like we're living in Babylon. So with all of that in your mind, this is where we're going to start. What does God tell his people who are strangers living in a strange land? This is what God says. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Let's walk through these encouragements that God gives us. Number one, for these people, God says, don't rent. No. Put in the time and the effort. Pool your money and your resources and build a home. Settle down like this is the place where you're going to live. Number two, pretty cool because it's the time thing. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. That's not like a short-term thing. That's like time, time yearly spent getting these things from the ground. And maybe the easiest way to understand what kind of encouragements God was giving to his people was this. You're going to get married. You're going to have kids. Your kids are going to have kids so that this place that you're living in, this is where you're going to meet your grandkids. This place is where you're going to be having your family reunions with your grandkids too. This life here is not going to be temporary, people. This is permanent. It's going to be life. Life like that in a faraway foreign place, I think it can be pretty challenging. It's hard to make any new place feel like home but even more when you're the obvious outsider. All the new words and ways of life you got to learn. All the new people that are going to be around you. 
you are going to have to learn to change and listen and learn from them. And they might never do that for you in return. And many times for us as Christians, we flat out fail at this challenge. We close ourselves off. We stop listening to listen to people and we listen only and turn on the autopilot just so that whenever they're done talking, then we can say our piece back to them. With all the people who live around us and the connections that we should have and the connections that should be built up, they don't even happen because we don't even start to work on these things. Christians who call this community, this country home, have an absolute responsibility to connect with the people who are around them. And all too often we just fail at it. So as we think about building new habits for us, let's start by thinking about how do you encourage any kind of new habit in your life, any kind of new way of doing stuff. Well, it's probably going to take repetition, right? But it doesn't hurt if it's funny and cute. So one of the ways that this happens in our house is it's a classic. It comes up sometimes multiple nights and days in a row. It's this book called I Just Forgot. Let me share a little bit of the book with you. Here's a taste. This is what the kid says. Sometimes I remember... And sometimes I just forget. This morning I remembered to brush my teeth, but I just forgot to make my bed. I put the dishes in the sink after breakfast, but I forgot to put the milk away. I almost forgot to feed the puppy, but he reminded me. I didn't forget to feed the plants. They just didn't look like they needed the water. They looked fine to me. I didn't forget to feed the goldfish. He didn't look hungry. Okay, Mom, I'll do it now. I got ready for school. I even got to the bus on time. But I just forgot my lunchbox. And the book continues on and goes on and goes on. And you read it again and again and again. And the point is pretty obvious. And it's, it's pretty cute, right? It's not okay to forget. When you've got responsibilities, you got to do them. And for us in our house, this is a cute way just to start thinking through building good habits and taking responsibility. But if I'm honest, every time that we read this book, it kind of hits close to home as I think about myself and my habits and all the ways that I fail and the excuses that I give for these things. So you want to know how God encourages good habits in this? good ways to help you as you work to connect with the people who are all around you, this is where God starts. He said to the people, also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have called you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Did you catch what God said here? Maybe you did. 
Yeah, you live life for the people that are all around you because if you do, it's going to be good for you in return. But before that, what does God say? Live for the city to which I sent you away. Once before this in the text, God actually, he actually says this. He is the reason that those people are in exile. He is the one that sent them there. He is the reason that they have to change and adapt and connect with the people around. He is the reason for all of this. And it's not just a three or four year commitment going on for them in this community because a couple verses after this, God reveals that they're going to be there for 70 years generations. 70 years of trying to get connected with the people around them. 70 years of being the strangers in the strange land. And God says all of this is his plan. A plan for good. A plan to prosper and to grow them. A plan to give them hope and a future. This pushing them away, this is God's plan. They would know that for sure. That's something that you and I today can know absolutely for sure too, that this is part of God's plan. You are here because it was part of God's plan for you to be here. He has been the one who's watching and guarding and guiding throughout your life to bring you here. The Lord who did that and sent his people into exile is the Lord who's watching over you so that you're here today to hear about your Savior Jesus who loves you and forgives you and washes you clean of your sins. You're here so that you can know you are forgiven for all the times that you failed to connect with the community around you. That's one reason why God brought you here. But it's just as true for those people in Babylon, as it is for you who are here today, God's got all of this. God brought you here to this place, and this is part of God's plan for you, for your good. Because God's good for you. The proof of that is Jesus. Does anybody know the story of a lady named Dorothy Fletcher? Oh, cool. I get to share a new one with you guys this morning. I got a little bit excited because part of Dorothy's story happens here in North Carolina. So that made my North Carolina heart get a little bit excited. So Dorothy was a woman who was flying from the UK down to Orlando, Florida for her daughter's wedding. And it was as her plane was on its way and just about the time it was around North Carolina, poor Dorothy started to not feel too good. This is how she describes. She says, I had a terrible pain in my back, across my chest, and down my arm. I started sweating profusely. And yeah, I started even throwing up a little bit. I realized I was having a heart attack. I don't know about you, but a heart attack on a plane that's up in the air seems to be about the worst place, the worst time for anything like that to happen. And that's when the stewardess realized that they needed help. So she grabbed the PA, she called out, hey, is there anybody on the plane who can help? Is there anybody that can help at all with this? And I'm not making this up, but on that plane, 
at that moment, 15 cardiologists stood up and turned around and said, we're here, we can help. Because that plane, as it was heading, there were 15 cardiologists, heart doctors, that were on their way to Orlando for a conference all about the human heart. It's a great story, right? Because she was okay. They gave her immediate attention. They helped her. She was fine. They landed in Charlotte for a couple days where she recovered. And then later on at the end of that week, she made it to her daughter's wedding. Because absolutely right place, right time. Another question people ask me about our move here is this. What makes Jacksonville so special? And I get to share how Jacksonville is a city. Our community is like most other communities. There's good and there's bad here, right? You can get what you need. There's stuff to do. There's a really great beach nearby. Yeah, there's times where it feels like a little bit small of a thing. Yeah, we go on and on about all of the details, but I make sure to end the conversation with one specific thing. What makes Jacksonville special? What makes this place so great? It's the people. The people who are here is what makes this place special. Because the people who are here are the people that God has placed around us. These are the people that God wants us to be making a connection with. These are the reasons why we're here. Because God said to us, right place, right time. That's absolutely true for your pastor, for Pastor Steve here, but this is why you're here. Because God planned out your entire life and he's guarded and guided it to now so that you will connect with the people who are around you. I mean, you are here to connect with them, to listen and to learn, to build relationships with the people around you, to work at understanding these people who are in your lives. You're here because this is the right time and the right place for the Lord to use you to maybe have someone hear about Jesus and what Jesus has done for them. And it's pretty cool. I get to say this too. If you're here and you're just kind of reconsidering Christianity, if you're joining us online, maybe you're not even a Christian and you just want to find out about Christianity and what it is and maybe get to talk to one of us and, and maybe just looking for somebody to have a shoulder to lean on. We want to be that for you. We want to be the ones who can listen and learn and have a conversation. We want to be the people who are going to meet you wherever you're at and you can depend on. Because it's worth it for us to get connected to you, to the people who are around us. Because what's cool is this place is home for all of us. So I might feel a little bit fake doing this, cutting it out, putting it up on the wall at home. But you know too, feelings, they can be off. No, the truth is this is home. This is where God wants us to be. This is the place that God has planted us. This is where God wants us to connect. Because if God connects us to other people, God might connect more people to him. Amen.